0: How many ready for the word of the Lord? Give me a big shout, out amen. Man, we are so excited today to share with you. How many know that we were talking last week? I want to re- tell you this again. If you want to win at this game of life, the, the board game of life, have you ever played the board game of life? If you want to win at this game of life, you got to accumulate the most things, right? And we talked about how board games are, are fun and they're challenged, and we love playing them with our friends and our family, our children. But if we're not careful, this is the way society tells us the same thing. The only way to win at life is to have more things. And whoever dies having the most things wins at life. But if you look at the Bible, that's not very true. The Bible's not against us having a lot of things. Matter of fact, the Bible's okay with that. There's a lot of men and women in the Bible who had a lot of wealthy things. The Bible's not against wealth, but it's against our things having us. And to win... The win at the game of life is so much more. To win at the game of life is going to take wisdom. You don't need more things. You need more wisdom. I don't need somebody else. I need wisdom. I don't need a raise. I need wisdom. So I know how to handle the blessing. Once God can give me the wisdom I need, then he can get to me the blessing that I'm destined for. If I receive the blessing too early, then I don't have the wisdom to navigate that blessing. So it's important that we understand God's wisdom is the most sought after thing in our life of every believer that we should be obtaining and asking for. King Solomon asked for it. God was very pleased. He said, because you asked for wisdom and you didn't ask for wealth or riches, I'm going to make you the wisest king in all the earth. But he says, I'm also going to give you all these other things you didn't ask for because you pleased me so much. And so what we're seeing is the heart of God, this pattern here, that when we seek wisdom first, that it really pleases the Lord. It allows him to bless us in the future because we're seeking the wisdom first. You know, growing up, I had a a lot of jobs. How many remember your first jobs? Remember your first jobs? I remember, man, I remember my dad coming and getting me when I was like 12. He was like, come on, where are you going? You're going to mow a yard? Okay. And he'd throw his mower in the back of his truck and he'd take me to some friend's house, co worker's house, where the grass was like this high and give me that old raggedy lawnmower of his and expect me to mow it for 10 bucks. Remember that? And he'd be out there pushing in the middle of the heat. And he'd pick like the hottest part of the day. Come on, boy, you're going to make some money. Got out there to work, and then I remember I had a gentleman come to me and said, "Hey, I want to hire you to come and work on the weekends." I was 15, and I was working there on the trucking company. He goes, "I want you to come and, and clean the offices, and you can clean the trucks and do some other things." He goes, "Come and, and come and work on the weekends, and I'll pay you." I said, "Okay." Oh, my first real hire of a job. I was 15, and I was there. And I wasn't working very long, and he came to me and said, "Hey, hey, c- can you drive?" I said, "Of course I can drive." He didn't ask me if I had my license. He asked me if I could drive, and I was honest. Yeah, I could drive. He threw me the keys to his, his company, Trans Am, and said, go get some supplies. And how many know we need supplies? Every weekend I work, we need the supplies. It was a great job. 15, driving the company Trans Am. Please forgive me now. I'm telling this story. I'm 50, all right? What are you going to do? All right, anyway. I, I worked at a lot of different jobs over the years before I was in full-time ministry. I, I, I worked for trucking companies. I worked in retail. I worked assistant manager, manager of sporting goods stores. I, I, I worked writing tables, I sold art, high-priced art. I've worked in factory work in the summers as a college student, working shift work, hot glass company. Uh, I've worked a lot of jobs. And one thing I know all these places have in common is there's a lot of great people I had a chance to work with. And there's a lot of difficult people I had a chance to work with. There's a lot of difficult people I had to work with over my time. And there's one thing we know that all these things are in common. There's something the Bible wants us to know that I I know people don't like their jobs. Many people don't like the jobs they have. But I want you to get something. I'm sympathetic with you. I understand if you're stuck in a job you don't like. But work in itself is not the enemy. I I want you to get it. Work in itself is not the enemy. Work is a gift from God. It's a gift from the Lord. He's given us the ability and asked us to do this. So we're studying the book of Proverbs. Last week, we're reading through the book of Proverbs. I've asked you for the next 31 days to, to read a, one chapter of Proverbs a day. We're studying the book of Proverbs. And today, we're going to look at this. Let's go right into this, Proverbs sixteen three. Commit your what? Work. Come on, say it together. Commit your work work to the Lord, then it will succeed. How many want to have success in your work? How many want to have success in your job? The Bible says, "Commit it unto the Lord, and then you'll have success on your job. You are working for the Lord, not for your boss. As a believer, this is my attitude shifting in my mind, in my spirit. I I work not as unto my boss only, but I'm also working as unto the Lord. It's a mentality change. It's a work habit change. A average person will spend, even a low-end average person will spend at least a third of their life at work. And if you're a business owner or someone who's hustling, you're going to spend at least half of your life at work. Time out! If we're going to spend a third to a half our time somewhere doing something, don't you think it's important that we look at what the Word of God says about how I approach my job, how I'm to lead at my job, how I'm supposed to work at my job, how my attitude should be at my job? Listen, the church, we're really good about getting you to feel good, about getting you to raise your hands, about giving you Holy Ghost goosebumps, we call them, when you really feel it. But we got to teach people how to live it out when you live it out on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. It's called the fruit of the Spirit and God expects you to walk in the fruit of the Spirit at your job every day. There's a way that has come to the wise. There's a wisdom that's dropped down to those in the house of the Lord. Listen, you have an advantage of the Holy Spirit. You have an advantage. God wants to give you an advantage at your work. He wants to give you an advantage in your business. He wants to give you an Advantage, but there's some things you got to look at and say, God, how am I running my business? How am I working for my boss? The Bible is very, very clear. Uh, Proverbs is full of this godly wisdom. And today, if you're if you're a young adult, you should be taking notes. If you're a teenager, you should be taking notes. Moms and dads, this is a good refresher. You need to hear this. We need to understand. That there's a way that the Lord has designed me to approach my job. And when I do, it leads to fruit, promotion, and success. And when I don't, I'm going to be aggravated. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be fatigued and worn out. But when I change my mindset, God can do something in me. God wants to bless you at your work. God wants to use you at your work. God wants you to shape others at your work. Your, look, your work isn't just about making money. It's about making a difference. If your mentality is just about making money, you're missing it. Your, your mentality should, I, I, I want to make some money. We all want to make money. Come on now. I don't, we're not getting around that, but we also want to make a difference. It should be my heart's desire. God's desire for me is to make a difference. How do we do that? Number one, we're talking about wisdom for work. Number one, write this down. Commit your work to God. Learn to commit your work to God. Look at this tweet. My my friend decided to vent on Facebook about how much she hated her job, but she accidentally tagged her boss in the post. Have you ever done that? They fired her in the comments. Listen, if you're going to vent on social media about your job, you're not going to have a job very long. If you're going to vent in your break room about your boss and about your job, you're not going to have a job very long. Wisdom says I learned to keep my mouth shut when I'm aggravated at times and pick the right time to vent those things out. Social media is not a place. Well, they don't pay me enough, but they're paying you something. They're giving you a job. Come on, they gave you a JAB. Come on now. Don't expect to vent on social media and keep your job. Don't be surprised when it doesn't happen. Commit your work to God. Adam and Eve were given the task of working the earth. He said, Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. We love that part, don't we, man? Come on now. We love being fruitful, creative, and multiplying, but he said, I also want you to subdue, have dominion over the earth. That means, see, translation, he wants us to work the earth. Inside of our DNA is the ability to create, to work, and to achieve more. God gave this to us. We are created in his image. And God worked for six days creating, creating the earth. And then he took a day of rest. Listen, even though this message is not about rest, let me be very clear. If you're not taking at least one full day off a week, you're missing out, okay? You're missing out. I've preached that message, and this is the balance of that message, okay? The message is is this, but there's also a time to work hard. And you need to instill working hard, and that's unto the Lord. God made you to create and subdue the earth. Proverbs 16.1, look at the way the message reads it out. God cares about honesty in the workplace. Your business is his business. Honesty, that, that means when my boss is not looking, I'm still working. Honesty, that means I don't have my buddy clock in for me when I'm not there. Or I'm gonna go home, or can you clock me out in two hours? It doesn't work that way. Expect God to bless you. God cares about honesty in the workplace. He cares about how you treat your employees. He he cares about how you treat your employer, how you work to him. If you're a Christ follower today, your business is his business. Your work is his work. Bring God with you to work. Hear me today. Bring God with you to work. My light should shine at work also. Some of us here today, we got to hear that and understand that. My, my light should shine at work just as bright as it does Sunday morning. My light should shine. Let's too many of us have a work me, a at-home me, and a at-church me. Hallelujah! Come on, let's be honest. We have this person, we are, facade at church sometimes, and then we we have that home person, and then we have that workplace, okay? And... We got to make sure as we're learning to do our committing our work to God that we are approaching that my work is just as important as anything else when it comes to shining the light of God. My attitude should reflect that I belong to a higher boss that I've committed my work unto the Lord. Well, my boss doesn't deserve it. You're right, but you don't deserve the grace of God, but we get it anyway. And when I work for God, I'm not working for that boss because ultimately I know that my promotion doesn't hinge on a boss. My promotion hinges on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then with one step, he can take me from the dungeon all the way to second command to the palace, Joseph. He can set you up when you least expect it, when you do the right thing and commit yourself to serving, even in the prison time, even in the time of being a servant. God sees you, how you're serving your boss. God's judging you on how you serve your boss. God blesses you on how you serve your boss. Come on now. Some of you are like, oh, this should be like a ton of bricks because I don't like my boss. Well, he probably doesn't like you either. (laughs) She's probably going home tonight, Honey, you wouldn't believe this person I got to deal with every day. They're the most difficult person at this work. Never listen to me, always doing their own thing. But what would happen if you start serving your boss like you serve the Lord? What would happen in your boss's heart? What would happen, I guarantee you, things will begin to change in your workplace. Things will begin to happen. There's a wisdom that the Bible wants us to know. There's wisdom, because when we go working for our boss, it's gonna be up and down, but God is stability. God, your blessings are forever and ever, amen. Come on now, God is always gonna bless me. God is ultimately always in control. And so my attitude should reflect that, God, I'm working for you. It's God's business, not my business. And number two, Proverbs teaches us to learn from the ants. Isn't that an interesting concept? Proverbs, you don't know that, did you? The Bible says in Proverbs, we can learn a lot from the ants. Look at Proverbs 6.6. Take a lesson from the ants. You lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become what? Wise. Come on now. We want to be wise We all want to be wise. We want to gain wisdom. We want to garner wisdom. Then the Bible says we need to learn some, take some lessons from the ants. Have you ever seen an ant at work? How many of this summer was so hot, man? They coming inside looking for anywhere to stay cool. I mean, it seemed like this summer is one of those big, big, busy, busy summers for the ants inside. They working together though. You ever notice that they all you don't see an ant by themselves. They're always working together. They're always working as a team. They're always working. They're always working a lot. Proverbs 6, 9, and 10, talking about this whole thing. It says, But you lazy bones, once again, how long will you sleep? Well, when you wake up, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. He goes, those people who are looking for extra rest. He's not talking about vacation, okay? He's talking about people on a daily basis are like, well, I'll get to work eventually. Look what it says, in the last part of this verse. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. I don't know why, are we broke? I don't know why. It said, I don't know why. we got. We were doing good last year, now we broke. It's telling you, Right here, that when you have a spirit of I'm always looking to get my nap, when I'm always looking and I don't want to work the extra, he says, don't be surprised when poverty pounces upon you. Lazy people struggle. Come on now. Lazy people struggle. Hard work people succeed. That's what he's telling us. Learn a lesson from the ants. Lazy people struggle financially. Hard working people have Success. Ants work really, really hard. And it tells us that in verse 7 and 8 of chapter 6. Look at it again. Here. Though they have no, talking about the ants, though they have no prince or governor or even ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. We can learn a lot from ants, couldn't we? When you have a chance to make the money, make the money. And don't spend it all as soon as you get it. Put some away for next season because there's always going to be a winter season. There's always going to be a season when it gets tough. There's always going to be a season when the gas rises. There's always going to be a season when inflation happens. That, that's nothing new, okay? Over time, it's, we see it up and down, up and down, up and down. This is nothing new. So he says, when you have times of being able to make a lot, make it and put some away for the next season. This is wisdom, Let me explain it to you a different way. Don't spend everything you make. Dave Ramsey teaches us you should have at least, if you don't have at least a month reservation, let that be your first goal. I want to save up at least a month. If something happened, I could get by a month if I didn't make another dime. And once you get a month, then you should say, I want to make it to tw- 12 weeks, three months. And then that's a goal. That way, if you lost your job, you would have three months to figure out how you're going to get another job. If you lost your job, you wouldn't be so worried about what we're going to do next week when I don't get paid. Wisdom says I work the summer for the winter. He said learn a lot from the ants. No one's making them do this. They just know this is the wise thing to do. They work together. I love this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Such such a great quote. Look at this. It says if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should be a he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or as Beethoven composed music or even as Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts in heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Listen, if you're going to be a sweeper, you sweep as best you can. Your, your hallway should be the best hallway in all the building. If you're going to clean the toilets, your toilets should be the cleanest. Toilets in the state. Come on now. If you're getting paid to do a job, do it as unto the Lord. Well, I don't, Listen, you start cleaning the toilets that way, sweeping that way won't be long. You'll be doing something else because they're going to take notice of somebody who does their job well. I don't know why I'm stuck always doing the same dirty work. Well, it's because you ain't learned to do that dirty work with excellence. I'm not talking about just doing it for a paycheck. I'm not talking about just when you do it as unto the Lord. God, I'm, I'm cleaning these toys like you're the one inspecting them. God, I'm, I'm going to clean this room like you're the one staying here. Boy, how my attitude changes, doesn't it? As I do that, I do it as unto the Lord. Whether my boss acknowledges or not, God sees your attitude. God sees the spirit behind it. God wants us to give it our best. Parents, use wisdom. Teach your children the value of hard work. Our children are being raised in the value of convenience. Nothing wrong with modern technology. Those are all great things, but it's also spoiling us for convenience, convenience, convenience. And the lesson we got to instill in them, life is about also hard work. Really hard work. I can't stress this enough. Let, let, your, let your student earn. Earn their way. Don't give them every little thing. Make them earn some things in their life. You're gonna teach them well. You're gonna instill some godly principles in their life. They need to learn how how to work. And my children growing up, we we spoiled them on their birthday. We spoiled them at Christmas. They had great Christmases, great birthdays. Even when we didn't have it, we figured out a way and we made it happen. But if it wasn't their birthday and it wasn't Christmas and they wanted a big ticket item, I was like, sure, we can buy that for you. Let's go home. You can clean up the garage. You can do this in the yard. And if I pay you this much, it'll take you this long to get it. And they had to make a decision. How bad do I really want that thing? And there was times they like, ah, I'll wait till Christmas. There's other times they're like, all right, I'll do it because I want that thing really bad. But we teach them that if they want something, they work hard for it. This is the godly principle you are instilling in them. You are teaching them God's way. You want something in life, you work hard for it. Listen, let me break the news to you. The government doesn't owe you a thing. The world doesn't owe you a thing. God will give you what you got coming. Come on now. Now I'm not telling you not to accept any help that can come your way. If they're going to give it to me, take it. God bless you, yeah. But my, my source is not the government. My source is God. That's who I work for. He's the one who blesses me. And so I've got to teach my children the value of hard work, teach them now so that when they're in their 20s and their 30s 30s, you're not having to bail them out all the time because they haven't learned the value of working hard. Come on now say, turn your neighbors. I think he's preaching to you. Come on. Listen, young person, listen. Alert. It doesn't take much to stand out. The the bar has been lowered so much over the last three years that you show up to work 10 minutes early and do it every day when you're supposed to be on the schedule, you're there 10 minutes early, you're going to stand out right away. How how do I succeed, Pastor? Well, show up 10 to 15 minutes early. And when you clock off, don't just look watching the seconds down the clock out. Sometimes you stay an extra five or 10 minutes if it's necessary and you don't complain about it because that's the mature thing to do. Well, I see that the person who's supposed to take my place isn't here yet. I'll go ahead and stay till they get here, boss. Without them asking you, without them telling you to do it, you just tell them, I'm gonna stay until that person shows up. Do you realize what you've just done for that company, for that boss? Now I'll him stressing about filling your spot while that person, he doesn't know if they're going to show up or not. You've already stepped up, taken that off his plate, taken that stress off and shown maturity. He says, that's a future boss. That's a future leader. That person deserves a race. They understand these things. They see these things. It doesn't take a lot to stand out when the bar has been lowered. You just begin to do your work as unto the Lord. Go the extra mile. Don't reply, it's not my job jump in and help whenever you can. It's not my job. It's okay. Take a lesson from the ants. Teamwork makes the dream work. Come on now. Jesus said, if you want to be a leader, learn to be a servant. Serve people, even if it's not your job task or responsibility. I want to be a leader in this company. I want to be a leader in this school. I want to be a leader in this workplace. I want to be a leader in this factory. Then learn to Serve. Everybody wants a title or position. But many people don't want the responsibility or the pressure. Everybody wants a race. Everybody wants a title. Everybody wants respect. But not many people want the responsibility or commitment that comes along with it. Look at this. Leadership is bleedership. It's going to cost you some blood, sweat, and tears everybody wants to be a leader but not everybody wants to give what it takes to get to a leader everybody wants to own your own business but not everybody wants to take the risk involved in owning your own business everybody wants to be the boss but they don't want to get in and help other people they don't want to be there early they don't want to work when no one else shows up ants work smart do what only you can do Listen, learn. If you're a boss, learn to delegate. Do the things you can do well. If you're a business owner, do what you can do well. And learn to give responsibility away. Work smart. Work together. Make a priority knockout list for your day. It's something I started a long time ago. Many times I have to go through and make a list out. Sometimes I'm in bed at night texting myself a knockout list for the next day. So my mind can rest. And the next day I say, this is what's important. Tomorrow, this is what i got to accomplish. This is important. Because if not, everything else is going to come at me and it's going to take away from what's really important. So smart people, wise people say, this is what's important today to accomplish. I'm going to get these tasks accomplished and knock them out throughout my day. Then I feel like I'm productive. Then I feel like I'm getting somewhere. If not, everybody else will come along and crowd out your schedule. And you're going to be going all week saying, I didn't get that done, I didn't get that done, I didn't get that done. Work smart. Proverbs says work smart. Take some lessons from the ants. Proverbs twenty-two, thirteen. 13. The lazy person claims, <laughs> I love this, there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. Do you get the sarcasm? Now, King Solomon was originally writing this book for his children of wisdom. Not realizing that it was going to be used later for wisdom for all of God's children. But you see the sarcasm here? Do you see the, the sarcasm behind this quote? The, the lazy person's like, I will go outside, but there might be a lion out there and I'll get killed. But it's not too funny. Some of us are here the same way. Well, I would work there, but I might have to... What he's saying is this. You can either make excuses or you can make progress. You can either make excuses or you can make progress. Listen, the world is full of excuses. Your life is full of excuses. You're always going to have an excuse why not to work hard. You're always going to have an excuse why not to take a risk. You're always going to have an excuse. But the wisdom says, what? What? I'm going to make progress today. I'm taking a small step forward today. I'm going to knock some things off of my list today. I'm going to get some things accomplished. The unwise make excuses of why they can't do it. And number three, you got to learn to stay faithful. Wisdom for my job says wisdom for my work to stay faithful. Every person who has success, learned to stay faithful even when nobody else was watching. Do you think the Olympic athletes are training when nobody's watching? Yes. Do you think those who succeeded in business are working when nobody's watching? Yes. It's what it takes. Even when my boss is not watching me, I'm still working as unto the Lord. Even when I'm not on video camera and no one's recording me and I'm in a spot back in the back and I, I'm tempted to lay back and shut my eyes. and take a, I just ate. Come on now, we've all been there. I'm saying no, no, no. I'm being faithful. I'm being paid to work. I'm going to work and work it to the best of my ability. Work it as unto the Lord. I love what Craig Crochelle, Pastor Craig Crochelle, one of my favorite leaders, who says this: successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Pastor Craig, you need to follow him. If you're not following him, you need to be listening. He's got a free leadership podcast. Sign up. It's life changing. I'm telling you really good stuff. Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. You want to have success? Work hard every day. Work hard every day and take a day of rest. I'm not telling you to be a workaholic, but I'm telling you when it's time to work, you work. When it's time to play, you play. When it's time to rest, you rest. I don't confuse it, but when it's time to work, we work. And we work hard. Proverbs 28, 19 through 20. A hard worker has what? Plenty. Plenty of food. But a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. The trustworthy person will get rich, will get a rich reward. But a person who wants a quick riches will get in trouble. You follow the pattern he's showing us here. Work hard, work hard, be trustworthy. Stay the course. Don't give up. Listen, you can get promoted. In this day and age, you can get promoted by just being faithful, Let me make it more plain. Today, you can get promoted by just not quitting. I've only been here six months. Well, you got the longest tenor here at the company. You win. I'm telling you, there's some wisdom. Stay the course, don't quit. We must understand, listen to me very closely. We must understand something. Using your gifts in the church is very important. But using your gifts on your job is just as important. Too many of us want to use our gifts for God. But God, wouldn't you let me use my gifts full time for you. I want to be in full time ministry. Who says you're not in full time ministry now? Listen, many of you are going to preach to more people this week on your job than I'll ever preach to this week. More people are observing your work ethic. They're observing your attitude. They're observing and listening to your talk. You're preaching a message every day. What are you preaching? Use your gifts for your company. Well, if I use it, my boss is going to get promoted and they're going to get all the credit. Really? I'm telling you. Don't be that insecure. When you use your gifts and the company succeeds, you will succeed as well. If they don't appreciate you, God will open up a door where somebody else sees and will hire you and probably pay you double. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen time and time again. God's plan to reach the world, He wants to use you at your job. The place you're spending a third and half of your time is where He wants your light to shine the brightest. This is where my gifts flow. On my job, do people know? Colossians 3.23, we don't have it wrote down, but it says, we work as unto the Lord. Do your job as unto the Lord. Your work matters. Your talents matter. Your gifts matter. Your serving matters. I want to close with this story. Landon's junior year, before we went into his senior year of football, he got invited to Iowa State University for a trip, and we went down there for spring practice and got a chance to meet the coaching staff and tour the facilities. And, and the guy in charge of giving us the tour, he was he was a young guy. And I, was like, are you in college? The GA goes, no, I, I'm working working for the staff already. And so tell me your football background. And he goes, well, actually, he goes, I didn't play college football which is really odd because most of the people who work those positions are, get their foot in the door by working and playing college football first and then they kind of get on with those coaching staffs later where well, they played pro ball and they get into those positions. He goes, no. He goes, I, I actually studied sports management in college. I wanted to, but I wasn't gifted enough to play the college level. But I majored in sports management and when I graduated, he goes, I didn't have a job, but I wanted to to work. So I called our head coach up at Iowa State, who wasn't at Iowa State at the time. He was at Matt Campbell. He was at Toledo. Now, nobody wants to play for Toledo. Nobody wanted to to work for Toledo. But Matt Campbell had done a good job at turning Toledo into a good team. And this guy called up Matt Campbell and said, listen, I just graduated. I want to come work for you. I will work for you for free. Matt was like, I don't have any spots on my staff. He goes, no, you don't listen. I will work for free. And Matt said, okay, come on up. And for a solid school year, he worked for free, sleeping on friends' couches, bumming food where he could, eating with the players when he could, because he needed a dime for the whole program. But guess what? He did such a good job that Matt says, I want you on my staff. And Matt hired him on Toledo's staff the next year. Oh, and the year after that, Matt gets hired to go work at Iowa State University. And guess who he takes with him? His staff at Toledo. He carries them over. Listen, I'm telling you, when you work hard, it doesn't make sense. When you bust your tail, it doesn't make sense. But God honors you. God sees you. God sees your spirit. Don't be afraid of working hard. It's wisdom. Don't be afraid of chasing your dreams. It's wisdom. Let God use you. God wants to use you to win a life. I work hard. I work hard as unto the Lord. My life doesn't belong to millions. My life doesn't belong to possessions. My life belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And how I do my job to him matters. And it will determine the success I have in life. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. But thank you for wisdom of your Bible and your scripture that you've given us. How to succeed, even in our workplace. God, I pray right now you begin to do something in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits today. First of all, it starts right here. Have you given your heart fully to Jesus Christ? Pastor, I have never done that. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And today's your day. I want to give you an opportunity to make sure... If you want to get right with God and you're not right with God, today's your day. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, that's when I just want to ask you this question. You say, Pastor, I'm ready to accept Jesus. I'm going to do anything to single you out, I promise you. We're not going to embarrass you. But can you just raise your hand where you're sitting where I can see it say, I'm ready to accept Jesus? Thank you. Anybody else want to join these? Thank you. Yes. Say, so I'm ready to accept Jesus Christ this morning as my Lord and Savior. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer with me out loud. As Christians around you, we'll help you along as well. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you pray that from the bottom of your heart and you meant it, we say welcome to the family of God this morning. Stand on your feet across the room today. As you stand, how many say, Pastor, I want God to change my attitude about work. Anybody here about you? Raise your hand if God's working on you this morning. Say, I want God to change my attitude. Yeah. Come on. Let's lift our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person. God, you've called us to stand out. You've called us to work hard. You've called us to be the head and not the tail. You've called us to be leaders at work and at home. You've called us to be leaders of using our gifts throughout our whole life, even on our job. So, Father, right now, I pray your people will find favor and in the workplace. Lord, our Christian businessmen and women will find favor, Lord, in society today. God, you will cause them to succeed. You'll cause our our educators, Lord. You're going to use them to bless many. God, you're going to use our leaders, Father, right now. In Jesus' name, I pray a new season of work attitude. New season in Jesus' name.